Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ashley. A few years ago, we set off on a journey to start doing hard things that enrich our marriage, relationship with God, family, and our health. Along the way, we've met a lot of other people who are living intentional, countercultural lives and getting out of their comfort zones. And in each episode of the Uncommon People podcast, we'll discuss parts of our own journey or share inspiring stories from the journeys of others. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome back everyone to the Uncommon People podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Aaron. We're glad you joined with us today. Um, we're going to talk about something that I hope can apply to everyone today, and that is friendship. Um, so in some ways that it probably applies to everyone, it's not super uncommon, but how you do it um, is definitely can be uncommon. So just a few things to kind of go over before we get started. Um I've posted another video on the YouTube, the YouTubes. <laughs> That's great. I'm old. Um, just reviewing a book that I read at the end of last year. I think I finished it up at the beginning of January. Um, it's about worship. It's called Satisfy My Thirsty Soul. It's by Linda Dillow. So if you want to check out the review, that is for ladies. Um, I think a man could read it, but I don't think you'd get the same thing out of it. Man. But I highly recommend, it was a really good read, and I'm not going to say any more because you can watch the rest there in the video. And you can keep up with us on uh, our social media to know when we are posting on the blog. And obviously when a podcast is coming up, you can follow and like and share and rate and review and do all the things, all the places. It's all, all the things. It's all linked below. Um, I think most people that use you know, listen on these platforms and things pretty regularly know the gist of how all that stuff works. So we invite you to take a minute and um, give us some input and some feedback and share with someone else if you think this episode is helpful or anything else that you've heard from us. So to kind of kick us off into this topic, I asked Aaron as we were starting, I was like, we should add some Bible verses to this, right? <laughs> he was like, well, I said, or is this just, you know, we could just say friendship is having being friends as biblical. And he was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's fine. We, it's true. And so I think most of us know that. And then he said the most common friendship related Bible verse. And I was like, is that actually in the Bible or is that like cleanliness is next to godliness and it's actually not a Bible verse, but Hey, come but to find really out. A, a Bible verse. <laughs> yeah. Would you want to read it for Pro us? Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty four says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Yes. So if you want to be, well, if you have friends, then you're friendly. I almost feel like it's saying that. It's not yeah. being like, be friendly if you want to get friends. It's saying the opposite. And it, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That's the second half of the verse. Is that Jesus or? I mean, it's in Proverbs. Oh, oh. <laughs> second half of the verse. I missed that. As soon as you said it, I went straight to Jesus. So, Okay. So anyway, good reminder, you know, that this is, does have a biblical basis. We're not just talking about friendship from our own um, perspective here, but I don't think it's biblical for us to isolate ourselves. I think it gives the, you know, not to get all super spiritual here the first few minutes, but I does, I, I does think, I do think it can give the enemy a foothold in our life if we isolate ourselves too much and we don't have room for other people to encourage us and exhort us and hold us accountable in our lives. So we'll jump into kind of this discussion with, um, you know, I, I think if we're not careful, the theme of our podcast can sound like every episode we're tooting our own horn or humble bragging, which yeah. is so not 
how it is. Uh, just because we're talking about friends does not mean we're the world's best friends or we have it. We are best friends, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> or that we have it all figured out or anything like that. But um, so I wanted to start out with kind of the ugly part of this for us. And I'll let, well, I hope Aaron has thought of an answer, but can you think of a time when you've been a bad friend or could have been a better friend? Yeah, I think that there's always times where, um, where if most of us are honest with ourselves, we can find a, a time in our lives where we weren't at least doing everything that we could to be friends, uh, to be a good friend. So, um, I mean, you know, just off the top of my head, there's been a lot of times, especially in my younger years where I was, it really friendship was more of a selfish act than a, um, a giving aspect of my life. So, um, I mean, I don't want to get specific and like name any names or anything like that of people that I haven't been good friends with, but there's definitely times where, um, you know, I would not be available or not, um, like blowing somebody off kind of, yeah. Or be a little more surface level than, um, than I, than my good or, you know, my good friends, I I wasn't going to say good or there, even though it sounded like I was. My good friends, um, you know. That was what my inhale was. Did you say good or? More than, uh, there's been times where I haven't been available like they deserve. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely times like that. Yes, I think we could all relate to that. I was going to say that um, times when I haven't been a very good friend and I look back on those instances Ten and even sometimes in our relationship, but just in relationships in general, is whenever I get focused on keeping score with people or assuming mm-hmm. something that I can't know for sure is true about them. And it is, it's kind of rooted in selfishness, like you said just a minute ago. Like I'll assume, oh, well, the reason why she never initiates to get together with me is because, and then insert anything. And it's all an assumption. You can't know that unless you say, hey, is there a reason why, you know, you, you haven't wanted to get together? And it may just be, oh, I've been, you know, something totally benign, not yeah. like the assumption that you're making that she hates you and thinks you're the worst person in the world and doesn't want to be your friend yeah, or whatever the case may be. So a lot of it's, you know, not that I like keep track, but if you're repeatedly initiating the interaction, sometimes that can be something that gets you get hung up on. Yeah. And I can get, I can kind of get, this is an area where I could consider myself a bad friend is if, if stuff like that is happening, I can get kind of petty about it and be like, Oh, well, whatever. Like, I'm just, you know, like if I feel like I'm going, going hard, trying to make things happen and the other person isn't, reciprocating I I get to the point eventually where I'm just like well I'm not I'm not gonna try anymore like I'm you know tired of making it one-sided or things like that and and so that's definitely I mean I mean that's happened with multiple people at multiple times in my life so and and they might not always know it but it, it I know it and it still makes me not a great friend in that capacity so yeah so now that you know the deep dark ugly secrets of the horrible friends that we are or have been, or, you know, I don't think, I think some of this stuff happens occasionally without us, you know, I don't mean just the two of us. I mean, us as people without us realizing, 
oh no, I'm falling back into that pattern that I had before. That's not mm-hmm. really what I want to do with people. That's not really how I want to interact with people. And if we're not careful, it's either our default or it's easy or it's selfish or, um, you know, to take it back to the Bible, I mean, it's our fallen nature and mm-hmm. we're self-centered like that sometimes. So we do kind of tend to trip up back into those habits if we're not careful. So before we jump into some some other more practical things, we wanted to t- kind of preface the conversation too with talking about boundaries and friendships. So um, what are some boundaries that are valuable to have in friendships? I think um, uh, a good boundary, especially for um, a married, like a married person is to not have a friend that is at a higher tier than your spouse. So like, it's not necessarily, there are things that you will want to talk about that are kind of like, you know, a female may understand a female better or a male might understand a male better. Like, so there, there are things that I don't really know how to say it. There are, there are conversations that you can have with friends that are like not necessarily specific to anything that you would say to your spouse, but there should never be, I feel like a level of confiding in that is at a higher level, if that makes sense. Um, especially with like, uh, you never, never want to like talk about your spouse with a, a friend that, yeah, that, negatively can a, that can be a negative, uh, that, yeah, yeah. That could be a, a, um, a boundary that when crossed could get dangerous, it, regardless of if it's a member of the opposite sex or the same sex, definitely if it's a member of the opposite sex, but it doesn't even have to be a member of the opposite sex for that to become inappropriate at times. Yeah. Cause I don't think any of us are naive to the fact that if we're not careful, the a weak a moment of weakness if we have a friend of the opposite sex and we're married we go through things in our marriage and if we're not careful we'll we'll find a safe what we perceive as a safe place in that other person and confiding in uh, information about our spouse and that's just never appropriate mm-hmm. i don't think it's appropriate to talk to anyone negative about your spouse negatively um with the exception of maybe a counselor or in a counseling type situation, mm-hmm. it'd be great if it was only if they were there too. But I mean, I understand there's times when we, you know, that's not how the setup is. But mm-hmm. um, so basically, yes, being careful in the friends you choose as far as uh, relationships being staying platonic. And it's okay to have interest with other people, but it's it's a fine boundary. Mm-hmm. An- another a uh, boundary that would probably I mean that you people sh- people should keep in mind when they're choosing friends is where their friends stand on major issues and I know we don't want to like the first time we meet with someone we're like hey so tell me what you think about abortion you know like <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do you know that kind of thing but if you're you, you may not if you consider yourself like a committed christian maybe um you know, you only want to choose your closest friends in the circle of people that you know believe similar to you. I was going to say you don't want to, like, go out and find your new best friend at a bar. Mm-hmm. But if you're a committed Christian, I hope you're not going to a bar. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like a Chili's bar? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Applebee's? Does that count? I, yeah. We uh, don't eat at Applebee's. Okay. 
What? I said, we don't eat at Applebee's. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I think that, I think that uh, finding, you know, just that you could find yourself in a negative situation with people that even just in, in an, uh, engage in different environments than you do. So like, for instance, if you're an alcoholic and you're sober for five years, you don't want to have a bunch of friends that not necessarily are alcoholics, but that enjoy going out and getting a drink because you're going to isolate yourself from that group during those times if you're staying committed or you're going to fall off the wagon. Or is it on the wagon? I can't, I can't <laughs> I remember. I think it's off. <laughs> uh, you're going to fall off the wagon, uh, you know, because you're going to continue to put yourself in those kind of situations. So not even uh, the same beliefs that's not even necessarily about the same beliefs as it just is, is you may not want to get yourself into a situation where, you know, you make a wrong choice or, or, um, compromise something you stand for. Yeah. And that boils down, I mean, can trickle down into even like, you know, you don't want to, if you struggle in your uh, thought life, maybe you don't want to spend time with people that yeah. tell bad jokes right you know that yeah. I was gonna th- that's what I was gonna say but I thought does that yeah I guess it does happen um yeah, I was thinking of something more specific for women because I'm a girl well so that was kind of what was popping in my head but you know you probably don't want to spend time with a female friend that's like let me tell you about the best erotic novel I just let I yeah. just read like let me refer you to this book you know something <laughs> silly like seems silly but that can trickle down to all different kinds of ways and I know y- it sounds like we're saying be really critical of your friends, but you do want to be careful who you let to be your closest influences and your closest sphere of people in your life. Mm-hmm. I think there are tears to friendship. Don't you think? Yeah. It, it's sometimes as a, you know, as a 12 year old, it's not uncommon to talk about your best friend. I think as 30 year olds is it starts to become a little less common and, um, you know, more kind of, childish to refer to that but I do think that there's there's definitely a a hierarchy of friendship for sure yeah and and some of that I mean that's normal there should be yeah if everyone is your very best friend like step back and consider something I don't know what the consideration is exactly well not every person is created equal so if you well what do you mean by that like like obviously they're created Joe Biden, you know, where it says in the thing. What I mean is like not, not, not all, um, not all people are, I guess of equal caliber or quality. So if you're opening yourself up to, to every single person and telling every single person, your deepest and darkest secrets, your deepest and dark, darkest secrets are going to get out. But if you have friends that you know are trustworthy and that you've been through, you know, like, I guess more in-depth relational building, then you're going to have, they're going to naturally be a closer friend to you and the people that show up for you when times are tough and things like that. Yeah. And uh, really when it comes down to it too, there's a matter of personality where you're not going to click with everyone and you don't have to be everyone's closest friend. I do think we're biblically charged to be, you know, Christ-like to people and, uh, friendly, but that doesn't mean we need to be everyone's BFF. Right. I do hear, I was listening to a preaching the other day, or a speaking event the other day, a lady was speaking and she was talking about her best friend. And I was like, I mean, how common is that for adults? I really don't know because 
I have friends that I'm close to and I'm not sure about it just feel it felt really young. I was like, well, I don't I don't want to isolate my other friends by calling the one a best friend. But if I had a sister or something, maybe I would feel differently about it. But yeah. you know, I have friends that I have other things more things in common with than the other. But does that make her more best than this other one that I also enjoy? You know, it's just weird. I don't yeah, know. I think it it's it feels it does feel childish, kind of how you describe it. No offense if anyone feels like offended about you know having their best friend, but. Just putting that out. That's just personal, putting that out there. So leading in, we have, <laughs> and I'm back. <laughs> uh, we have some, you know, when Aaron and I were brainstorming this, we have a handful of questions that we thought were um, good to ask, kind of thought-provoking type things. And then we have a few ways to, I think it's five, yes, simple ways to actually be a good friend that we'll kind of hold off on until the end. So what do you do, Aaron? Give us some insight whenever a relationship feels one-sided. Well, I already said that I have a tendency to become petty. If that, oh, good. <laughs> if <laughs> that's that the happens. best advice. So do that. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, it's. I think you just have to assess what that relationship really is and what kind of value it brings to you and to the other person. Um, because if it's one-sided and you're the one who's doing all the giving, then it's, it would seem that the other person, the other party, uh, didn't, you know, doesn't value it the same way you do or doesn't value the friendship. And so I think you just kind of have to assess whether or not you're going to continue to pour out and pour out and pour out. Cause if you're like me and you feel like a relationship's one-sided, I, the reason that I tend to go kind of get a petty attitude about it and back off is because like, it's a lot to give, you know, in that capacity, it's a lot to, to give over and over and over again and, and not receive anything back. So, um, I think just an assessment of, of the relationship to determine whether or not it's worth the time and energy that you're putting into it is, or on the flip side of that is you address it. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, would you ask, would you ask? I don't, I'm trying to think if I've ever done that. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever done it specifically. I have had conversations where I'm like, Hey, look, I think that, you know, you could do this a little better, not necessarily in that way, but like, yeah. you know, just a- addressing when I feel like there's injustices, especially when I know that it's more than just a surface level friendship and maybe the person's just going on, going through something yeah. that's Don't you causing think it, has it to be one-sided. to have stood the test of yeah. some time you or experience. Like be friends with someone for two months and then be like, hey, I feel like this is one-sided. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <bro>. you can, <laughs> but I, I would be more apt to just be like, like just leave it you know <laughs> just let it yeah. go at that amount of time but so it does matter what like yeah, what kind of friendship you're talking matters. about yeah for sure I think so too I'm trying to think if I I don't can't recall ever asking or in in you know kind of digging around in a friendship about why it's one-sided I think it's easier for us to assume and all almost all the time we probably assume wrongly of people but I do think that 
we have to have friendships in our life that are valuable enough that they're worth asking hard questions for. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do that in our relationship. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're in a covenant committed to each other for the rest of our lives. So if we feel like something's one-sided, we're not afraid to say it because we're stuck together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of a different dynamic and not that our friendship should hold the same value and merit as our covenant marriage relationship does. But I do think we should have friendships that are valuable enough to us that they're worth having a challenging conversation yeah, about. For sure. So, Aaron, which this, I don't relate to this at all. So I thought it would be an interesting perspective to share. Aaron has made several of his closest friends through different social media platforms. Not like, um, he has internet friends <laughs> like that, right. but uh, tell us how, um, either how that happened or what, what are the pros and cons of making a friendship like that? Give us an insight. I think when we're dealing with online, like, social media in general it's such a fine balance and a fine line because i think that unfortunately a lot of the tendency is to move friendships online nowadays especially with our generation and younger it's it's not uncommon for most of the communication to be online most of the and when i say online i would include maybe even include text messages in it um you know, it's not uncommon. So I, I feel like there's a, a a danger. But that being said, those things, uh, those tools can be used to make connections um, that are beneficial and that move offline and become something. I have a, at least one really good friend that I met through the app that I use for running. And um, one on, I don't one on wanna, Twitter, right, I think. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. My friend Demetrius, who is a a podcast guest, um, late last year Mm -hmm. in the fall, um, was deaf. He was someone that I met online and, um, met through Twitter and we talk just about every day through text messaging at least. Um, not necessarily conversations all day long, but just random, you know, stuff back and forth. But but uh, y'all talk on the phone and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that we, too. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. And they've and, seen each other and, and met we've in met person. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he's so, fake. He's not even a real person. It's yeah, catfished. <laughs> um, um, no, but so so yeah, he's definitely one. And uh, my friend Dale is. Um, someone that I met through my running app and, um, you know, we've spent time running together. We've shared a lot of miles together. So, and we've known each other for several years. And I think that, um, you know, there's definitely a benefit in those tools. However, I do think that taking it offline, if those connections are made that way, uh, is definitely even more beneficial. Yeah, because I mean, you joked about it, but catfish is real. So yeah, and <laughs> I catfished. and and we were when we were talking about this before. Um, I'm actually not on social media at all anymore, except for the app Strava. That's a, a running app, and it, it's basically social media for running. So I mean, it's like a profile, and and your runs post to it, and you can comment and like and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's very. But it doesn't Facebook have a direct like. messaging feature. Doesn't That's have a direct, interesting. Doesn't have a direct messaging feature. Um, and so it's, you know, that kind of, that's technically social media. But I'm off of the big three, like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
and um and everything else and so it's it's different because you're now not I'm you're not, not recording uh, tiktok dance videos no mm. i don't know what that is <laughs> um but yeah it's different because i you know i'm not making there's a lot of people that i was connected with online that i had never met through the but that are like connected through our church organization you know stuff mostly just that um that so not like total strangers necessarily. Not, yeah, not total strangers, but yet still maybe people that I hadn't met in real life yet. Um, that I just kind of was like, well, if they, I'm not super hard to find, even though I'm not online. Like mm-hmm. people could find me and and get contact with me. So, you know, I just decided to take that out of the equation the online stuff so I thought you were gonna say i thought i decided to take the plunge <laughs> well that too <laughs> yeah i mean i've been off facebook now for uh three months and twitter for longer than that and instagram for longer than that so it's nice yeah it feels good mm-hmm. so i've <clears throat> never i don't think i've ever made a friend on the internet i'm trying to think no I don't really use it like that. And yeah. nowadays I don't really use it for at much. All. Yeah, not really at all. Um, only to promo only to promo podcast stuff and blogging and things like that. Um so kind of moving into the next question here, how do we get beyond surface level friendship? So in the age where social media is so popular and really social media is about us. It's not about connecting with people. It's portrayed like that sometimes, you know, like connect with people, you know, make quote unquote friends. But really we're like, I want people to know what I ate for lunch (laughs) or I want people to know, um, what movie I just watched. Yeah. Or that my, or where I went on vacation, three-year-old knows blah, 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 you know, you know, it's true. That's what we use it for. We want people to know and, and then, unfortunately, we want people to know and we want people to applaud and like. Yeah. And in that, we will, we can, we're going to talk at another time about, you know, the danger behind that and um, more about, you know, digital minimalism type stuff. But I think that does make a huge impact on the level of friendship because we are, especially if we're a person that uses social media regularly, we're bombarded with information about people and we think we're making a connection. I think our brain genuinely thinks we're making a connection when we learn personal things about people, but we're really not making, there's no connection at all behind that. And so I think it has changed dramatically the ways that we create friendships that are deeper, deeper level than just social media style friendship or acquaintances. Mm -hmm. I remember my, my parents having friends that were, and I know your family is the same, having family friends that they had known for years and did stuff together, like vacation, vacation, pastored churches together, you know, uh, preached at each other's churches, kept each other's kids, you know, th- this kind of stuff that, and I didn't understand that we're still young, so we're still building those relationships, but I don't think that people are as good at doing it because social media gives us this perceived connection that we don't actually have. Do you yeah. have any weighing in on getting past service level? 
I think that surface level friendships, again, just going back to what I said earlier, is about taking it offline. If you've met someone or if you were friends with someone and all of a sudden you've noticed that it's become surface level because you're not connecting in person as much anymore and now it's just about likes or comments in that relationship, I think that intentionally taking things offline will help a lot. Like, I mean, I already mentioned a running running friend that I met through an app, but, you know, last night we went for a run and we were talking about all the, you know, stuff that was going on in his life, you know, that we would never have a conversation, the conversation that we had in person while we're running together in, in an online forum, you know, or, or things like that, just because it's so much more personal for him and for me. And so, I mean, I just, I think that, that creating the opportunity to go deeper and to talk a a little more unfiltered, because like you said, you know, using the online, it's, it's about, it's kind of almost about affirmation Mm -hmm. and about, um, getting kudos for the things that you do or the places you go or, or what your kids are doing or whatever the case may be taking that off, taking that out of the equation and not having to worry about what, whether or not people are going to like it or not, um, definitely helps go below surface level. You also get a lot more, um, sense of empathy and, uh, you know, when you're, when you're you're listening to someone talk about their, you know, sick spouse in person versus, you know, posting about a difficulty online, when you're seeing their face and you're hearing their voice and you're kind of perceiving the stress that's in their life, you know, you, you just get so much more out of that than just reading about some kind of arbitrary moment that they had online, even if it's the exact same person talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. So, um, and I think because we're not in the habit of it because of social media and the ease of use, it's getting harder to have those conversations and harder to listen to them. It is. Yeah. It's, that's one of the most challenging things with youth nowadays is they can, a lot of them, this is not true for all of them, but a lot of them are basically give the impression that they're terrified to have a challenging conversation. Yeah. And, um, it's because they've never known a world without a phone in their hand at the same time. And a lot of them are, are terrified of showing, or maybe not even terrified, but maybe just inexperienced in showing empathy. Yes. You know, I mean, I experienced that when, when my mom passed away, it was just like, you know, it felt weird because it felt sometimes like people were just walking on eggshells around me because they didn't know what to say. Right. When you don't have to say anything, uh, I mean, you don't have to, although um, you don't have to, you know, pretend like it didn't happen either. <laughs> right. So, um, so as a, as an aside, I mean, for people that are listening, I know that that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when someone loses someone close to them and you, I mean, you, what are you supposed to do about it? Yeah. What are you supposed to do? What's the appropriate thing to say to someone when their parent or some, or something, anything tragic happens, but for, as an example, passes away or something like that, what's the appropriate thing to say? Well, I think it's appropriate to wait a while before you say God had a plan. <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes that's Folks. a little, man, you hear that and it's like, oh, well. Thank you. All right. Um, and I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah. Something thinking heartfelt. about you, yeah. praying for you and legitimately doing it. Right. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, checking in, checking back. I mean, you know, I have a, I know someone who lost a parent recently and, you know, I have lost a parent uh, before they did. And so I know exactly where they are and what they're going through. And yet at the same time, sometimes I'll think to, to reach out and it's like, I don't really know what to say other than, Hey, you know, I, I don't usually, I don't like to say, how are you doing? Yeah. Because yeah. they're doing bad. Yeah. <laughs> like they're doing horrible. But, um, one thing that I've said twice actually to someone that's lost a parent after me, two different people is like, are you taking care of yourself? Mm. or some you know something of that nature that's a little more like i'm not asking you how you're doing i'm asking you like are you like going outside yeah have you eaten are you sleeping like are you being kind to yourself in this you know um so that's a way that you can you know not feel like you're walking on eggshells around someone that's going through a difficult time but yet not say something that seems so cliche yeah, but it is okay and appropriate to say something simple and cliche when someone in your life has sure. had someone pass yeah. away. It is appropriate. And honestly, I think it's a social requirement. Yeah, I know maybe people won't like that, but um, it's not okay to know that someone's parent died and then you didn't, you know them, see them. Yeah regularly and not acknowledge it it's not a it's not yeah you know it's not okay and it's best to i think it's also important to do it in person to acknowledge it in person and not just a text message Mm -hmm. because i had that too like i had some people that would send me a text and be like hey praying for you like right after it happened and then like the first time you see them it's like they almost avoid you yeah don't y'all don't be the really what we're trying to say is people don't be afraid to, the Bible, the Bible commands us to bear one another's burdens, yeah. and I think that's sin, struggle, work with someone when they're in a place of struggle. I think that also is burdens of sorrow. I don't mm-hmm. think there's, I don't think it's tied down to a specific type. So I think that that's a calling that we have from God on our lives as Christians to bear, mm-hmm. to bear with each other. Yeah. And um, there's simple ways to do it. You know, you don't have to be yeah. the, the person that pulls them out of the pit of depression. You probably won't be. So don't, yeah. you know, don't make it into something huge, but so yeah, just don't be afraid to go beyond surface level. I think it's really just a matter of it being uncomfortable for us, but I don't think we usually regret it asking yeah. challenging questions and going there with people. So you mentioned simple ways to do it. What are, some simple ways to be a good friend. Yes, we have five simple ways. And one Aaron just kind of mentioned right now was follow up. Like I have a friend that um, mentioned and we have a group on our uh, Facebook for the ladies at our church. And she mentioned that she had an interview and I didn't see it until after the interview was already finished. So I texted her that night and I was like, how does, how did your interview go? You know, follow up when someone post something like that or mention something in passing that indicates that you care. I mean, and and this is one of my friends that I don't really get to talk to all that much about a bunch of social stuff. We work together for some church stuff and that's about all that we get to interact. Both of our lives are really busy and Mm -hmm. and, uh, working on other stuff. So it's not like 
you know, she's my quote unquote best friend. They don't have to be your best friend to care about someone else. Yeah. What, uh, what about you? You got one? Um, as far as following up. Yeah. Or, or you can move on to the next either way. I, I think, yeah, just following up is good. Um, the next one that we mentioned is schedule time. Um, I am sometimes really good at this and sometimes not. <laughs> and, but I think I do more, more often than not do a decent job. There are friends that I have here locally that I will schedule time with, um, you know, to either to go lunch. I have a friend, um, that I go to lunch with like kind of maybe every other Friday or every few Fridays if, if things get busy. Um, I, I have a friend and these aren't like work friends. You have to right. work to make. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. it's not like I work with them and we go to lunch every fr- Friday. It's like they work a different job. I work a different job. So it's like, you know, we just meet somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, I have a friend Ryan that moved to, uh, Kentucky and, um, we, one of the things that we said when we were moving, cause we were kind of becoming, you know, good friends at the, in the later, uh, time of him being here. And then one of the things we were saying at the end was like, well, let's make sure that we don't, you know, lose contact and lose these conversations. We were having good conversations in person, going to lunch, you know, having good conversations about things and, challenging each other and things like that. So we didn't want to lose those conversations, but now he lives in Kentucky and it's like, well, I have an hour commute to work some days when I don't go early to run. And, you know, he has a semi flexible schedule. So it's like, okay, well, I need to use that time, that hour that I could be listening to a music or a podcast, but I can get a lot more out of scheduling a time to talk on the phone. And, you know, we did that yesterday. Even we just, um, we're every few weeks we'll catch up and talk about whatever we're thinking about in the moment. And, um, you know, sometimes it's deep thought provoking questions that we talk about for an hour. And sometimes it's, you know, just random catching up on life, but scheduling that time and we've missed it too. Like, in fact, you know, speaking about Ryan, like, like we, we scheduled it like two weeks in a row and, and missed the time. Uh, both of us just got busy, but just making it happen and, and circling back around is, is huge, especially for people that are distant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause it's really easy to just divert to text messages. And then ultimately you realize that you're not really texting anything of value at yeah. some point in time. So. Yeah, that just naturally happens. So, because really we don't advise having incredibly important conversations on text message. Right. Like if it's, if it's something that it's like, this can't wait right now, you know, I'm not saying there's no compromises to that, but it's better to have important conversations face to face. People sometimes aren't as brave. So (laughs) say less, you know, not quite as intense things sometimes. And so for like the moms, as far as scheduling time, like for me, I know that can be challenging to do because I have two children to take with me everywhere I go. Join a mom's group that automatically schedules time for you. I am a part of a mom's group at our church that meets twice a month on Tuesdays for two hours. And it's not like that's only four hours a month. That's not that long, but you would be surprised uh, once you continue consistently go how much you look forward to it. And the time, you know, with friends and um, 
having more conversations than just deeper conversation than just the surface things about the kids. Mm -hmm. So another way to be a good friend is to take a trip. You know, so now we wouldn't do this with like an acquaintance necessarily, Yeah. <laughs> but I have a couple, a set of sisters that I'm friends with that live several hours away from me. And we've done, I don't know if it's two, we've done at least one getaway. This is, I don't think we've done one since we've had our kids we, or since we've had, we've all had babies in the last year. So, I don't think we've done one since the girls were born, but um, we scheduled a getaway and that was fun. Just some time away from our everyday lives and relaxing and catching up with each other. Mm -hmm. Aaron's taken a few trips with friends. Yeah. I, um, one of my favorite trips that I've taken in the last, I don't know, five to seven years was uh, a camping trip to Big Bend National Park with two of my friends. Um, last year I was able to go run the Los Angeles marathon and my cousin Philip, who I grew up with and is one of my closest friends, um, uh, met me there in Los Angeles and yeah. And he lives several States away. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, taking trips, um, to, to build on friendships is definitely a a key thing. Spouses, let your spouse do that. Yeah. I think sometimes it's like even well, it's here? some it's difficult because my LA trip was difficult for oh, you yeah, for sure. But well, it just wasn't what I thought it was going. Yeah. I didn't realize it, I didn't realize it was going to be a vacation. <laughs> I didn't put it all together. I was what four months postpartum too, so I was yeah. like still not so, sleeping all night. <laughs> but it's important for your spouse to get time away. You know, and they come back refreshed and recharged, and mm-hmm. or hopefully <laughs> that's the goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> And then the last, um, the last, well, not the last one, but one, the next one, a uh, simple way to be a good friend is to offer thoughts and prayers to people that, and, and I know thoughts and prayers is, um, sometimes has a negative connotation and when tragedies happen and things like that, and people want to say that that's not right, but, um, but letting someone know that you're thinking about them or praying for them for sure, like praying for them, especially if they're going through something that's difficult or, um, you know, just being able to reach out and say, Hey, I'm, I'm praying for you for such and such thing that you're going through. Um, but also just the opportunity to say, Hey, thinking about you today, you know, hope you're doing well. Um, just a lot of times the, just the fact that you're on someone's mind or someone's on your mind and they know it. Um, they know that someone was thinking about them. This is a big, uh, topic in like suicide prevention, you Mm -hmm. know, people that are dealing with depression and anxiety and, and suicidal thoughts. A lot of times people will say, Hey, you know, especially when someone famous like dies because of suicide, there's always the people that will go on TV or social media and say, reach out to someone, you know, if you haven't talked to someone in a long time. And that's absolutely 100% valuable and true. Um, just letting someone know that you're thinking about them and, and, or praying for them is a huge, um, is a huge thing. Yeah. And it, you don't even have to be like, sometimes someone will just be on my mind and I don't know why, if it's just, it could be nothing. It could be God prompting me to pray for them or it could be nothing. You never know. So I take the opportunity to just go ahead and text them and say, Hey, I'm praying for you today. 
that's all. I mean, it doesn't have to be, if it's appropriate, I love you. You know, if they're someone that would share that sentiment that that's not weird. Um, I mean, you don't have to be like, I'm praying for you because I know your dog died. You know, like you don't have to tell the, you don't even have to tell them specifically what you're praying. It just depends on the person. And one last way, here's the fifth tip to, um, simple way to be a better friend is to listen more and ask more thought provoking questions when you're in conversation with someone. A lot of times we're really good at, I mean, talking. Yeah. Um, it's easy for me to talk and it's easy for me to talk about myself cause I live my life. I'm all, we're all self-absorbed yeah. in our own lives. And so it's easy for us to talk about that. Even if it's not like, well, what I did today was, you know, it's just, it's just the easiest thing to talk about, but you really bridge a gap with someone when you ask them about themselves. And I tried to be really intentional about doing this at a recent meeting that we had with a bunch of people that I didn't know, but we were, well, not, I didn't, I knew them, they were acquaintances, but I didn't know them well. And we were leading parts of the meeting. And so I really use this as an opportunity to listen as much as possible and get to know people and ask thought provoking questions. And I walked away from the weekend like that was so much more enjoyable than me talking the whole time. I mean, not that I didn't talk at all. I certainly did because I wanted to share. I wanted there to be a mutual sharing. You know, you don't want to ask yeah. someone all these questions and they'd be like, well, now she knows everything about me and I know nothing about this girl. You know, so you don't want it to be weird. But at the same time, it's really nice to learn more about people than just their name and what church they go to. You know, yeah. ask things that. Oh, yeah. who knew? Imagine that, you know? Yeah. And it takes, a, it, it eliminates you from being one of those people that always has a, like, I, I, I think commonly referred to one uppers. Like oh, when we so all, we all know it's okay to share stories that have mutual like parallels, I guess. But I mean, just if you're thinking about your next story while someone's telling theirs, that's really, that's really it's negative for the whole conversation. But I think if you're asking the questions, it, it's going to proactively cause you to listen to the answers. Yeah. And some of the questions that are easiest to ask, ask are in the conversation. Someone says something and you're, it's great for you to say, what was your opinion about that? Or, uh, you know, it sounds cheesy, mm-hmm. but like, how did that make you feel? Like, what was the experience like for you or, you know, asking questions or if you share something about yourself and be like, have you ever gone through something like that? Like, what would, what would you do giving value to the mm-hmm. other person that you're talking about? And you never know what you might learn. Yeah. I mean, about people and discovering that they're, Oh, we could actually really be friends with that person or that, wow, they have a lot of wisdom to share that yeah. I didn't expect to see there. Not, yeah, not to say you assume they're dumb, but I'm just saying you never yeah. know. Right. Yeah. So this is just, you know, this whole conversation and idea just kind of came around from the fact that we, there's so many barriers to friendship, it seems like nowadays, and there's so many excuses to not give, um, you know, a stronger effort. Uh, But there's value too. I mean, there's value in the fact that like, you know, certain friends will reach out to you when you're down or when you've gone through something difficult or, uh, there are certain friends that you share experiences with, whether it's trips, like we were talking or, uh, some other kind of thing, um, you know, some kind of other kind of experience where you're, you know, you're the only two that 
can draw from that. I mean, there's so, there's so many different benefits to having close, um, personal friends and it's not something that is just going to happen overnight. Like it's not instantaneous. How many Uh, times one one of us complained to the other, I don't have any close friends right now. I mean, it it happens. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you have to, you have to put in the time and the effort. It's just like, you know, anything just like learning how to do something difficult or, um, I can only relate to like training for a marathon, you know, like all this, the work, or your the, kids the, the, the or result, your yeah, yeah, the result is not going to happen overnight. You have to put in a lot of work. And so if you're in a position where you're feeling like you're not making good connections or, you know, you don't have, if you feel like, Oh, I don't have any good friends. Well, maybe assess how you're approaching these things that we've talked about and how you're, are you investing so much into a one-sided relationship that you maybe should reevaluate and, and ultimately walk away from, or, uh, are all your friendships, uh, being massaged online? Like, you know, are all, are, are, you know, are you trying to be friends with someone that's married and you're a single person and, you know, she, her husband is, you know, or she is, uh, you know, wrapped up in her family and stuff like that. And you don't know why she can't be the same kind of friend that she used to be to you. Well, then there's all these things that we've talked about that could help you maybe reassess, um, your friendships and your effort level on that. And it's so important to do. Look, and there's lots of people out there. There's lots of fish in the sea. (laughs) Lots of friend fish in the sea. (laughs) So thanks for joining us today. Um, I know this was a little longer, but Um, I hope you got something out of it and uh, we definitely hope that you will check out our website on commonpeoplepodcast.com. There's links to social media and all the other stuff that we're doing, uh, YouTube and the blog as well. Uh, Check all that out. Please share it and uh, we'll see you in the next one. See you next time.